shore where the mountains meet the sea in a clapboard shack by a broken down tree there's a light in the window to salty gals inside i'm not sure if they're witches but you know that's implied got the storytelling ego swelling pillow talking moonlight walking sea Welcome to the Sea Hags Podcast. I'm Krajepa. I'm Katie Norgren. <laughs> wow. Okay. With us this week is <laughs> Sorry, the giggles. Our a guest, case of the our giggles. Our guest gave me such a look because I did my radio voice. <laughs> it's true. Sounds like she's on old time radio. Uh, it's Caitlin Fontana. Well, hello. <laughs> oh, hello. All, all the way from New York City. Oh, I came on the four o'clock train. <laughs> I didn't. I came I, that would have taken by, so long to get so here. So long. Yeah. Just so You long. came in a car to go that I picked you up. <laughs> That's true. Beautiful card From a sky tube, I assume? Yes, I, the sky tube landed mere hours ago, so I'm still a little bit wonky, mm-hmm. so I apologize, but it's fun to walk right into uh, talking about yourself when you're still feeling uh, emotionally vulnerable about... Um, Great. I feel like it's still unnatural for uh, mammals to like get into a thing that carries us a really far distance and yes. drops us somewhere else, so we all pretend it's cool, and we're all like, yeah, I'm having a Caesar and watching a Hedy Lamar documentary, but inside <laughs> yeah. your She organs, invented Wi-Fi! Yeah. Inside your organs are screaming, and you're like, they're like, we don't like this, put us back on the ground! We're still lizards inside, and here I am. Hi. Here you are, and just had to get in that I'm very, very lofty and cool, and I listen to documentaries of, uh-huh. mm-hmm. of 1930s and 40s stars. Not only did I listen, I watched. You watched? Yes, I thank you mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. It's actually really great. If you, uh, I, uh, Here's another one for you. I met the filmmaker at the Nantucket Film Festival last year. Oh. Nantucket. I've heard there about that There once was a film festival in Nantucket. <laughs> it's true. Um, and she was just this lovely woman who spent like five years of her life making this documentary and was, had put all her own money and time and effort into it and was finally starting to reap rewards for it. And it's really good. Cool. I recommend it. All right. What is it called? What's the director's name? Bombshell, the Hedy Lamarr story. Okay. Director's name is, mmm, I'm an asshole.com. I don't remember. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) That's cool. I'll find a link to it. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, found on good planes everywhere. Uh-huh. Air Canada, mm-hmm. WestJet, one of those. Love it. Excellent. The best. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of, like, film stuff, mm-hmm. you were at the old Sundance Film Festival. I was, yeah. It's like one that the lay people would have heard of. It's true. Um, and I'm also realizing that by drinking this sparkly water, I'm going to have to burp quite frequently during this, which is <laughs> That's not fine. good audio. We have an episode with Alicia Tobin that is just all burps. Oh, great. So, yeah. Uh, what a treasure Alicia Tobin is. It's true. And Much it's better than me. pretty good podcast. Well, I mean... A little bit. Yeah. She's <laughs> a little she bit better dog. than all of us. She I know. Dog, fucking so. Hank. Hank's a good Coco. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't ask if I could swear. I oh, swear. of course. Okay. Fuck. Fuck. Uh, yeah, Sundance. I went to Sundance. I wrote and directed a, a short pilot project that um, the producers submitted to Sundance, and I was like, cool, I don't think that sounds right. I don't think they do stuff like that, but you guys do your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, not knowing that it was they were newly doing a category for episodic stuff. Oh, cool. Cool. So we were in the f- inaugural class the of age the... age of prestige TV, my ladies. It's true. That's what it is. It's like finding a place for independently produced television. Cool. Um, so it was really great. I, I highly recommend Sundance in any way, shape, or form as a, like, organization to be involved in. They've been so lovely and kind to me. And (laughs) once I was a director there, they were like, you're a director now. And I was like, I know I've directed quite a bit of stuff, but I don't think of myself that way because I have the comedian's sense of uh, self-deprecation. Because they haven't given you a giant cone to talk into. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) I've heard it's in the mail, but... (laughs) I haven't gotten it yet. It's a suspicious cone-shaped package. (laughs) 
It's been held up by the TSA somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're like, uh, is this for directing? Is it for traffic? I should have stopped before I said that. Directing traffic. Oh! There you go. Burr, burr, slide whistle. Um, <laughs> that was a trump <laughs> that you had just there. I told you guys I was in a can <laughs> in above the, the earth mere hours ago. It's, it's a horrible thing. Yeah, it's weird. I'm not in favor of it, yet I do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been doing it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. Because yes. you're very busy and important. I'm so busy and so important, and uh, Sundance was lovely, and I'm I now I'm like... They give send me. They gave me a free membership for a year. They're they're very. They send you emails. Well, that's they're how they very get you. Nice. Yeah, you're gonna have to buy twelve Sundance movies. Well, what's great? I mean, put it on your mom's credit card. You're so cynical. <laughs> Sometimes people just want to help young creative people do stuff, Katie. They do. Yes. <laughs> this has not been my experience in Canada. You've been in the Pacific Northwest too long. Yeah, there mm-hmm. ain't no money for that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to give it to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed the experience, and it's made me feel much more cool. um, like a like a director and a creator in the in a more strictly like professional sense. Yeah, a little piece of legitimacy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always nice to have some external validation. Too. It is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you don't you can't live off of it. Yeah. But it's nice to have someone. Yep, yeah, Katie. Newsflash. <sighs> Coming down the wire, you can't live off external validation. Oh shit. Um, also, Hitler's troops are marching on Poland. Oh no. <laughs> He's a rapscallion. Oh, no. (laughs) But what a mustache. Back to you. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, it's been a a good edifying couple of months of work and creativity. I enjoyed it very much that, uh, you know, I've known you for a very long time. Mm -hmm. mm, 12, 13 years, something Mm -hmm. like that. One of those long ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, One of those long ones. It's lovely to see you again. And. just seeing you, like, getting interviewed by, like, a Sundance person about your, like, directing style, and I was just like, oh my Did god! Did they have a microphone that had a cube on it that said where the microphone was from? Because that feels like a very important... I think so. did. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. Collider. Wow. Yeah, which is, like, a big Collider. film... Collider? Mm-hmm. Big Holy film news shnikes. site. Yeah. Um, and they were very sweet, too. They that Again, that's the thing, is, like, that's what I would say is unique about that festival, is that... I've been to some other film events and things, and there's always, like, a clear hierarchy of... Famouses, famouses up here, and then like underlings of famouses, and then filmmakers, the and then yeah, and then like everyone else. And <laughs> Sundance like evens that all out, so mm. I was treated with the same respect as like Darren Aronofsky, who had like a VR thing there, or like Ooh, you know, he's such a nerd. He's a big nerd, yeah. yeah. But yeah, we were all treated the same, which is I think nice. unique to that festival. In is that in is Sundance in Colorado or Utah? Utah, mm-hmm. right? Colorado is Aspen. Yes. Right. Yeah, but they're similar. I mean, I was struck by everyone's like, "It's so beautiful here," and I was like, "I grew up in this." Like, yeah, it's I grew up in this. Yeah, yeah, it's very similar. Yeah. Where are you um, from originally? Uh, Fernie. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Fernie. Fernie, BC, baby. Fernie. Mm-hmm. We have a brewery now. Yes, run by a guy I went to high school with. Oh, cool. Yeah, and he like resurrected this old brewery that had been in existence like a hundred years before that was like Damn. the miners and loggers that lived there created their own beer and then he came back and fixed it. I don't know why I'm giving him a free commercial, but it's good. Yeah, yeah. great. It's Is nice. it just called Fernie Brewing? Yeah, Fernie Brewing Company. Great. Easy. Mm-hmm. Cool guy. Look yeah. it up. Right on. Um, but yeah, it just, yeah, it excited me very much to see that because I just like... You're one of the people that I've known for a long time that seems to have always kind of had this vision of, like, what you were going to do. 
And the fact that you're just like, yep, I'm going to do that thing, and you've just been doing that for quite mm. a while, I would Rather say. bold of you, Fontana, wouldn't yeah. you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just, you know, I remember talking about, like, your vision of, like, I just kind of want to be a Diane Keaton-esque, like, living in New York, like, writer, doing cool shit. Nancy like, Myers kitchen. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow, you're kind of doing that thing. <laughs> Typing and crying at the same time. Uh, yeah, I My thank you. <laughs> I can't wait till I can do turtlenecks regularly. Um, I wait. I mean, I feel like... It's kind of warm, though. Yeah, well, much like yourself, I have a heart-shaped face, so it creates a different effect. Yeah. I don't have that Keaton face. Mm -hmm. Um, Heart-shaped faces. It's a real cross to bear. It is. It's a Keaton-like face. Um, thank you for saying so. I mean, obviously everything looks different from the outside and, uh, it hasn't always been easy. I'm poor as fuck. Uh, my personal life is always a mess. Um, and I'm constantly in a state of self-discovery, uh, chased by, uh, self-immolation and then a reset. But yes, thank you. (laughs) My entire idea of success is based on 30 Rock, so it seems like you're doing pretty good. That's Mm -hmm. very, yeah, I would say that that's... Like on the Liz Lemonometer. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm up there. I'm, I'm not in the, uh, baby craving phase yet, Mm. thankfully. Um, but I'm, I'm up there in the, the Liz Lemon insanity phase. Um, no, it was good. Moving to New York city was a very good, big thing for me to, to, um, kind of kickstart my shit. Cause I'd been in Vancouver for a long time. I loved it here. I, you get complacent though. I think you eh? get a little complacent mm-hmm. and I loved, I loved the comedy scene here. I think, um, I just sort of outlived my desires within it, which isn't to say everyone does. It's just what I wanted was more than what this place could give me anymore. Totally. Um, and, yeah, there's a real hard ceiling. There is, but it's also one of the most beautifully creative weirdo paradises for all of the creative shit that we all do. Oh, sure. And it's a good place to come up for that reason, I think. Yeah, although that's the adage, is that a lot of people say it's a really good place to get started doing comedy or to, like, become good at it. The incubator mm. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kind of. I think so. It is, it is sort of hard to have fun doing it here, but it's not hard to get lots of experience. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get that. Yeah. Um, I also feel like the thing that is special about it is I watch now having been in New York for six years and being part of the improv community there and now being like a quote unquote vet of that improv community, which by the time I moved to New York, I already was an improv vet in like a gross extreme way where I was like, yeah, I've already been improvising for 10 years and people like, why? Don't you know that you're allowed to stop? Yeah, yeah. What? I don't understand. <laughs> Did you uh, have to kind of start over a little bit? Or people a little just bit. kind of accepted it? It's like, oh no, you've been doing this for a while, I guess. Like. No, I mean, there was a, some of that. And I ended up at the theater that I ended up at, which I'm not going to name drop because um, the guy that runs it is a prick and doesn't deserve the attention. <laughs> um, but you could find it out easily enough. Uh, <laughs> and he knows that I hate him, so it's fine. Uh, it's the pit. Um... <laughs> We're enemies, it's fine. Um, so, it's a beautiful space with a lot of wonderful, excellent, creative individuals, but it happens to be run by a, not a good person. Um, Tell us more about how much you hate this no. guy. Nah, I don't want to give him my time. I've given him enough of my time over the years. But what's great about it is uh, I see now, um, I've sort of been able to live through and, you know, doing a feminist comedy show for so long and a bunch of other stuff that I've sort of seen how hard it is if you just come like straight out of university or whatever, um, college as they call it, uh, (laughs) and start your comedy career in New York or LA. There's just so much more pressure. And I'm so glad that that didn't happen for me because I would be crushed by it. But being able to come to that city with already with a voice already with, you know, which has changed a lot. And Mm -hmm. my skill set has changed, but 
a lot of the feelings I've had uh, over the years about what's important and not important have been kind of from the point of view of like, I'm already older than a lot of these people. I'm already uh, know who I am and what I want to make. And I don't need to care if somebody doesn't put me on a team or doesn't do this or doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's really hard, I think, for people who really want to succeed but come to New York like at 21. Yeah, and they want to find their place and their friends and figure out, yeah, what yeah. exactly... Yeah, and they get crushed yeah, they if they don't in. make a house team for an improv thing, and I want to be like, it doesn't really it doesn't fucking matter <laughs> at all. Like, it doesn't matter at all. You could all. be the greatest improviser in the world, mm -hmm. and you're still not going to like be able to afford rent. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. What improv is good for is just meeting other people to create other things with. Yeah. And having, um, for me, it's like a vacation from life, and it's therapy in some ways too sort of like dark church a little bit so much so and I as someone who had didn't have like a I didn't have my people for a long time and finding improv was a thing that made the, uh, my world kind of make sense when nothing else did and mm -hmm. it is definitely dark church and I've been a part of it for a long time and the cultiness is real but I love it and like the the team that I perform with um in New York which is uh, called the studio system every Wednesday at 9 p.m at the pit yes I said it uh I've been on that team for like five years now, yeah. so it's the long, by far the longest and most committed relationship I've ever had, <laughs> and like how I love my relationships with several people at once. <laughs> so, yeah. Great segue. Thank you. <laughs> good at those. Okay, Miss Chatelaine. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that's so very exciting that you have a you have like a recurring series now in like the Canadian Women's Magazine mm -hmm. that has a Katie Lang song about it. That's right. Yes. Ooh. That's why I get very excited. Anything to do with Katie Lang, and I'm like, mm -hmm. uh -huh, mm -hmm. can I bring her up for some reason? Yes. Um, what a national treasure she is. So perfect. So, so buttery. Aside. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, I didn't know until like a couple days ago because of, I was looking at the tweets to see if my thing had been retweeted. Yeah, I'm that person. But I found out that a Chatelaine is like a kit on your belt to carry like your baking stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was before you had pockets like right. for women's things. It's like a it's like a metal belt with like a bunch of little thingy doodles. Like, Basically a tool belt. Yeah. But for baking. A lady stuff. tool belt. I mean that's kinda of cool. And key, yeah. keys and things like yeah, that yeah. too. It's, it's it's kind of sort of like a uh, Swiss Army knife. For, for when you were like the house matron walking exactly. around like knocking at the the landlady or whatever yeah. and it's like, oh, I'll fix you dinner and then I'll I just you. learned about that going to the museums in London, you see. <laughs> But is that better than learning about it from a tweet? Debatable. It's very debatable. Yeah. It's a little bit better. Uh, it is better. It's much better. Um, we get it. You went to London. I know. I'm we so get it. jealous. You're from New York. No, but I love London. Mm -hmm. I'm so jealous. I've, I've only been there a couple of times and I'd love to go. But back to my Back column. to you. More back importantly. Back to your stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> discovering who I am relationship-wise has been a, a big mm -hmm. part of my self-discovery journey. I mean, you and I, I think, started talking about this 12 years <laughs> 12 ago. 12 years ago, yeah. It's taken me a really long time to kind of figure it out about myself. And, you know, a lot of that is, you know, societal, patriarchal bullshit and society. everything. Society. Fuck society, man. They tell you everything is good and it's bad <laughs> and you have to unlearn it. Um, so because I, would, like, really wanted to commit to this and not flake out on it, mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to write about it. And so then... Um, that makes it real. And my lovely therapist in New York was like, well, it's in the column. She was like, tell everyone, tell, tell the world. So then you can't hide from it anymore. Uh huh. Cause then people are going to ask you. Yeah. That's one way to defeat shame about your own personal desires or whatever. It's mm -hmm. just like, yeah, open the window mm -hmm. that kills all the mold and all the damp and mm -hmm. all the 
you know, yep. all the bad stuff that festers in there. Let the sun shine. And then, and then no one can, like, hold anything over you because you're just like, I'm just going to be open about it. I've already this. roasted yeah. myself. What more can you do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's, that's sort of how that came about. And then um, I actually wanted it to be an ongoing column, but they very smartly were like, no, no. Just do, just write four. Uh, so I'm about halfway through now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, it's been good. I think I figured a lot of stuff out by writing it down. Yeah, which is and nice. so I don't think we've actually said, so it's looking at, like, non-monogamy. Yes. In relationships. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, very good. It's like <laughs> we're talking very around subtle. it. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, it's a column about uh, becoming non-monogamous as a, an actual, like, relationship choice, not as... Uh, passive but an active choice mm-hmm. um and creating uh my own love life around that in a way that is open and edifying and, and ethical and, and ethical because very, like, ethical very important it's it's very easy to slide into patterns of just like well i don't really know what i want so oops i'm just gonna do this thing and mm-hmm. it was a mistake and it's like no that's actually what you want but yeah you're just falling into maybe like yeah things that are yeah, which has it hasn't been clean and it's it's ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like a phoenix rising from the ashes, and you just keep burning yourself down and going back up. Exactly, self immolation. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I think that's this. This has been a big declaring it and writing about it has made all the difference because I feel like it's slowed me down in a in a certain sense. I've been become more thoughtful. That oh. also could just be like I'm 35 now, and that makes it easier um, to slow down. <laughs> Because I'm tired all the time. Um, so yeah, so that's that's uh, that's been cool and interesting, and I'm still kind of figuring out my own boundaries and my rules and everything. But um, and you know, to your point about you know whether you purposely or accidentally do a non-monogamous stuff without it being ethical, my third column, which is coming out not this coming Tuesday, but the following Tuesday, uh, talks about when I fucked that up. Mm-hmm. It's uh, very easy because just yeah 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 well and and I don't fall in love easily. <laughs> Katie just, just drew a penis and vagina in a really beautiful way. A vulva, technically. <laughs> yeah. Well, sorry. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's in very... there. I can see it in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just busting it open. <laughs> sorry, guys. No, I love it. I it's just, very I, beautiful. I, I, I wish doodle so could I, see it. I doodle so I keep listening to people while they're talking. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a podcast. And you don't like listening to people. Oh, I love listening to people. I just, instead of waiting for my turn to talk, it helps it helps to doodle while they talk. Very good. So I'm not, like, trying to formulate a response. I'm just, like, listening and letting my brain be a brat on the page. I like it. Yeah. It's beautiful. Thank I you. wish people could see it. We could take a picture. We could. Yeah. I wrote the words sex nerd and then, you know, did a one-line drawing of a penis and a J. Mm-hmm. Connected by the thread of life. I love it. It's <laughs> just... Sex nerd is fun. I yeah. like that phrase. It's good sex nerd. Um, but yeah, anyway, it's been yeah. it's been cool. It's uh, it's ongoing, but it's been nice to to kind of just sit back and think about my mm-hmm. shit instead of just hurtling towards the next thing. Are you? You can be fumbling towards ecstasy oh instead. Oh my god. <laughs> Sarah McLaughlin. I find myself yes. surfacing instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, India. Oh I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh uh, Chris- Christmas album. <laughs> <laughs> Ice cream. <laughs> mm, sad dogs. <laughs> dogs are so sad. <laughs> oh my god. Are you the type Canadian of treasure. writer mm-hmm. 
like, have you had many publications online? I think you've you've written, like, for The Walrus and, like, uh-huh. all kinds of other stuff. Do you engage in, like, comment sections in terms of, like, especially because this one's so personal mm. and you're doing a lot of reflective work, do you get people that are, like, mirroring experiences back mm-hmm. from the comments and you're like, interesting, I can, I'm learning from this? Or Yeah, I mean, unsurprisingly, the comments break into kind of two sections <laughs> <laughs> based on no. something we could probably assess. Uh... Men and women. Um, the only two genders. Absolutely not the case. Uh, no one, as far as I know, no trans people have spoken to me about this column. It's possible. they're all poly. Yeah, they're like, they're we already like, knew this. Yeah, like, we're way Great job, straight light. white lady. Who cares? Um, For the yeah. audience at home, Caitlin just made a very subtle jerk-off motion. I did. It's just so delicate. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's all I have to do. I don't know about you guys, but that's all I have to do. I just literally, barely touch a penis and it explodes. Um, literally explodes, not comes. Just the penis itself explodes. Where can I acquire this power? Um, just fo- focus. Some big just, focus. So wait, are you Matilda grown up? I wish. Oh my god. Oh my god, Let's I wish. Let's get Mara Wilson in on this. Please. She can uh, blow up dicks with her mind. I bet she can. Yeah. She seems like she can. Um, anyway. <laughs> Wild wild digression. I don't even remember what I was saying. Oh, comments. So the men who respond to the articles more often than not are like, thank you so much. I'm bored with my girlfriend. And now I know that it's fine and I could just cheat on her. Cool. And I'm like, nope, dude. Not what I said. Not remotely what I said. Nope, you said it's fine. Yeah. And and, oh, by the way, you're hot. (laughs) I'm like, hmm. Because they, like, find me through Instagram or something, right? Thank you. Yeah. Since you said I'm hot, I agree with you. Uh... There's a lot of that, and I'm like, please wait and continue to read this column and read The Ethical Slot and Sex at Dawn and other books and things about it. You won't, because you're a dude. But please they stop. They hate reading. They hate reading. They can't read. They can't. Newsflash, no man can read. <laughs> the ones that seem like they're really intelligent are just pretending. They yeah. Just, every, they wrote the book themselves mm-hmm, so that they mm-hmm. can. That's every male so author is just Jessica Fletcher with a rubber mask on. <laughs> That would be amazing. Or I was thinking that, like, why we have all these, like, pretentious male authors, they just write books because they can't actually read books, so they have to write <laughs> Somehow about their they own can experience. Write. <laughs> Somehow they can write, but they can't read. No, don't you know that all the great novelists had their wives transcribe things? Oh, That's true. Right. Yeah. That's so true, and it's, it's really so depressing. <laughs> so true. Um, but then women, have, a lot of women have reached out and been like, wow, I never really thought about this for my own life, which is what I wanted, because I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of, um, and especially what I wanted it to be in a Canadian magazine one that reaches like women in smaller areas or whatever like mm-hmm. I wanted to not to be like I want to help the women of Canada but I do like yeah there's I grew up in a small town there's so many like weird attitudes about women and sex mm-hmm. and I was just like well if I'm thinking about this I'm sure other people mm-hmm. are too and maybe and that's been what has happened is a couple women have come a handful of women have come forward and said this made me think or I have been thinking about this thank you for writing about it mm-hmm. a couple men have said it in a nice way too but Eh. <laughs> but all yeah. men are guilty until proven innocent no. <laughs> eyes. but like you know you yep. don't know what your <laughs> options are really yeah. until until you're presented with the menu item right where it's just like oh I thought I only could pick this mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. it's like no 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 there's like a whole bunch of other things I'm like what really I had no yeah. idea I mean, yeah there's of course the additional barriers of just like shame and stuff once you know the option is there but right. if you don't have the option you can't even have the crisis of consideration right mm-hmm. Of course, that could be easier. Yes. But, you know. Definitely. And, like, my mom is freaking out a little bit right now. And mm-hmm. she's one of the most, like, chill, mm-hmm. uh, liberal, cool ladies. You've mm-hmm. met her, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, did you meet her for at my book release party? When did you meet her? Uh, I wrote a book. I a book. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Minus four people bought it last year. Anyway. <laughs> four people returned it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what it really probably means is that a store ordered copies and no one bought them, so they, retor- they returned it. But I'm up. like, they returned it. Um, why, why you bought a seven-year-old book about a very specific sliver of the Vancouver record scene is beyond me, but Okay. That's your. That's on you, bookstore. <laughs> it's just all copies in case Nardwar loses his. Yeah, well, it's funny because over the years, I know this is like a side again. This is this is a wildly this digressive is what a, conversation. This is what a podcast is. It's I love it. Uh, and also, I feel like I'm waking up right now. Like I'm starting to yeah. <laughs> come to life. So sorry for you because you're gonna get just a word spew. Um, that over the year, over the years since that book came out, it's been a music nerd like people in the music industry who are nerds have liked it mm-hmm. like Andrew WK loves it he'll oh, I see him every cool. once in a while in New York and he'll be like hey it's you you wrote that book about mint I like you and I'm like you don't know my name but that's fine uh but yeah a lot of cool fun interesting music world people have told me they like the book but none of them bought it so it's fine anyway um <laughs> that's what being an author is all about what were we talking about before that comments and uh, right. women needing the options like getting yeah like figuring out that they actually have the potential to do that, but then dealing with the fallout, I guess. So, mm-hmm. well, oh, and your mom, and you're asking me where I met your mom, but I, oh, right. I don't remember, but I know I've met her. Yeah, and she's like a cool. She was a drama teacher for like forty years, recently retired, and I love her to death. I think she's. This is just a little much for her to to take. She's she like she keeps saying like I never worried about you growing up because you were just like a really responsible kid, and now all of a sudden you're doing all this stuff that makes me worried about you. And I'm like, it's okay, mom. I'm thirty five. Like you don't have to worry about me. She's like, but I do. She will always worry about it. Yeah, yeah. And I get it. I totally get it. Um, but she doesn't need to. Yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of not her, not her issue. Yeah. But yet. Yeah. Yep. And we've always been very open in my family, the, th- the three of us, like my mom, my sister, and I. And so it's like, my sister and I have this thing now where we uh, say to each other, like, Mom, it's too late. It's, you can't. <laughs> you were like a you like a non-rules mom when we were growing up so now you can't all of a sudden be like wait you gotta be careful about the thing and it's like nope too late we're not careful yeah we're already fearless and brave yeah. and free to do whatever we want yeah you already nice. created we all got our hpv shots we're good to go see you bye hpv shots whatever we all just have hpv yeah we all just have hpv <laughs> actually i had it and then it went away my body killed it mm-hmm. mine too good job guys thanks yeah. <laughs> a little a little oven in there just cooked it right out. <laughs> Nicely done, bodies. Mm-hmm. Right. Good work. Mm-hmm. My, my body ate my IUD. So really, I don't know. I'm going for an ultrasound in a couple of weeks to see inside. Wow. I have a stand-up joke about it, which is partly why I haven't gotten to get it fixed yet. Is because it's still funny to be like I still haven't done it because <laughs> I'm stupid. You know, you can just pretend that you still haven't done it and just make the joke about that anyway, right? You don't have to tell the truth. No one can see your IUD from the audience. Except for that one gig where that guy with the nice glasses showed up. And yeah, <laughs> Superman was there. It was weird. He, was, he wouldn't stop looking at my snatch. Um, wow. Yeah, no, it was weird. Huh. He didn't do that. Uh, no, I... I <laughs> you know what? He, he was there, thing. but he was a gentleman. <laughs> he, oh, yeah, I want to make it clear that he was, he was there. But he was polite. He behaved himself. No, I just... Uh, it's funny that you would say that because I know that... But also, I really, like, don't lie in the things that I joke about. Like, really, most of the jokes that I tell are just things that happen to me. With very little embellishment. That's lovely. Is it? It's not really writing, isn't it? Yes, (laughs) it is. It's just like, this happened, and people are like, oh, oh, did it now. Well, if if that's not writing, then nothing I've made is writing either. Okay. Well, that's a relief, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that whole column is just things that happened to me. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, put together in a me- good way. It's called memoir. Memoir. <laughs> it's the only thing women are allowed to write. Yes. Yep. Other and only about our feelings. Do you have any feelings? Mm-hmm. None. Mm, me neither. Android. The arc Android. Yeah. Sex, sexy Android. Yeah. Yeah. Dirty computer. Um, I also mm-hmm. have an IUD that I wonder about sometimes, but it seems to still work. That's good. You're not pregnant. No, that's what I mean. That's cool. Um, and I, I got it long ago enough that I got it here. Oh, like wow. It was installed in my body in Vancouver. And then Spice I and left time. for several years, and it's still in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I Keep on trucking. Yeah, well, guy. every time I talk to a, a doctor about it, they're like, when did you get it? I'm pretty sure I got it in 2010, because I think the Olympics were happening. That's all I can remember. <laughs> Pole vaulted on into there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they're like, no, you're fine. Like, they can last up to 15 years. And I was like, what? Because I have the copper one. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, cool, man. Stay in there. Yeah. Once it's out of there, it could go to, like, grade nine, basically. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Again, <laughs> longest relationships of my life, my improv team, and my IUD. Perfect. Both will, you know, both make you unfit to be a mother. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Very good. Very good. Yeah, you nailed that one. Thanks, guys. Nailed it. Nailed it. Oh my goodness. Yes, uh-huh. and. Okay. <laughs> oh man. I, I had to make a confession to Katie the other day where I'm like, I'm thinking about taking improv classes as a writing tool. Yes, it's, that's, you know? it's very good for that. Yeah, it's... and to kind of shake some stuff loose in my brain because, mm-hmm. like, I've been very gummed up in the works. Mm. And, uh. <laughs> Sticky. <laughs> in the old brain works, I need mm-hmm. to I need to get some lube in there. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, and so like when I've been jamming with friends, we've been able to kind of like, and then and, like I start kind of just saying words yeah. and then suddenly I'm like, these are actually kind of making sense. And these are a, suddenly a theme has evolved and now we know what the song is about. And I'm mm. like, I've got the power in me. Yeah. I've got so much stuff in here that mm-hmm. just needs to blah. Chris has been so. scatting. Really? Yeah, it's a really interesting. <laughs> like, I just start saying boom, since boom, boom, you, bop, 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 Oh, is that what it is? Because <laughs> since you invented it, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> no, I say actual words, Katie. Oh, okay. So you're basically doing like Anthony Kiedis style lyrical yeah, writing. Yeah, basically. Nothing with that. Burbank. Yeah, that's all. That's that's a good summary. I really wanted to do a mashup of Janelle Monet "Take a Bite" because it's got the. With uh, dirty or um, go robot from the new Red Hot Chili Peppers Whoa. record because it's got the same clap clap. Oh my god, that's a good idea. So then it's like, yeah, like I wanna, I wanna thank you and spank you upon your silver skin. Robots are my next of kin. Yes. says Anthony Kiedis. Yeah, and Anthony Kiedis wants to fuck a robot. He sure does. I mean, we all do. Don't we? I yeah. want to fuck an Anthony Kiedis robot. That's fair. Not the yeah. real one, though, ew. Um, I started listening no, I still to... Still, the real still one. I started yeah. listening to a bunch of their <laughs> albums on, uh, on Spotify the other day, and I was like, oh my god, I love this, but like, it isn't good. Like, the words are bad. Yeah. The I mean, I think really some of the earlier stuff I still stand by as being kind of thoughtful bro rock. Thoughtful bro rock. Yeah. 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 Um, which was... Some essential of, to my development. They talk a lot about like colonialism stuff mm-hmm. in some of the earlier songs. Like, no, it's true. Um, and they, with few, a few exceptions in the songs, they treat women pretty well. Like women Except are for held. that sexy Mexican maid. That one. <laughs> or, or, oh, she's only 18. Don't what? like the Rolling Stones. I mean, Please don't fuck cool. someone who's 18. That was okay he then. He did that. Oh, he definitely did that. Yeah. Oh, he did that a bunch. Like, it's yeah. super legal, but it's also gross. He probably also fucked Cher when he was like 14 himself. Mm-hmm. So. You they know. looked the same. The two of them looked the same. Oh, that's interesting. I like that most of the men I loved growing up are slowly turning into, like, 
old lesbians. Like, yes. the, the look becomes the same. Like, someone posted a really funny tweet the other day that was hilarious because it just was like, I don't care what anyone says. I know. Now I'm saying this and I'm like, this sounds transphobic and it's not. Uh, but I don't care what anyone says. Uh, Julie Roberts looks great. And it was a picture of Steven Tyler. <laughs> and it was very funny because they do look a lot alike at this, at this phase. <laughs> we all just become one sort of vaguely genderless, long-haired, weird thing yeah. when we get older. Everybody get... just turns into a Diane Keaton when they get old enough. <laughs> Listen, Listen, I'm not going to look like her at all. I, I've we been thinking about that a lot lately. It's like, mm-hmm. who do I... Because I don't really look like anyone in my family. Do you ever think about what you're going to look like? I'm an agent of Ron Perlman. I would love that for you. <laughs> That's all I want for you. <laughs> Human Thanos, basically. <laughs> I have not seen that movie and I never will. Mm. Uh, no, you're... I, th- I want you to be like a Hellboy version of him. Just turn into a devil, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah, no, I'm going to definitely be a... Uh, a Dorothy from Golden Girls. Like, I'll be a full-on oh, B. Yeah. Arthur, I think. Because oh. I already have, like, the, the dowager's hump that she kind of mm-hmm. had. It was just like... You're tall. I'm tall. I'm tired of it. Yeah, I could see you wearing some swishy, long of course. garments. Of course, but it would be, like, the super long pants and then, like, a long, creepy tunic over top. And exactly. And just be like... Ugh, yeah. All the time. And just kind of throw yourself across a lanai. Rose! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like that. Yeah. And then be like, oh, Blanche, you slut. Mm-hmm. We love you. Yeah. I would love to age into, like, a like femme fatale, grand dame, mm-hmm. Blanche kind of thing, but I'd, I'm definitely just going to be, like, a little old Russian grandma that, like, <laughs> shops at the grocery store down the street. Mm-hmm. Like, I have this black and white coat that's a big sort of blanket coat, and it goes down to my ankles. And <laughs> I was... your basket of yams. Well, I was wearing, a, like, a nice scarf, and then it started to rain, so I put the scarf over my head, and with this big coat and the scarf, I caught my reflection in the Polish deli, and I looked, and there was a little granny next to me, and she also looked exactly like that. And she looked in the glass and went, one of us. She's like, do you have a baby in that bag? <laughs> and so my breath is just going to constantly smell like sauerkraut. So, <laughs> like, Wait. Yeah, once I'm 60. My mom, I saw my mom for dinner last night. She looks fucking awesome. So maybe I've got some good, like, my yeah, dad My dad was looking pretty healthy all the way up until his death, basically. Yeah. Like, he looked pretty good. I think I've got some good genes in there. So at least yeah. I'm not going to, not really going to have wrinkles. Yeah, yeah. All that much. I'm going to keep the plump face. Mm-hmm. Well, that is like a, a, a sort of ruski mm-hmm. thing to have, like, just a bright... Just a moon-shaped head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have, then, yeah, I have a bit of that myself. Yeah, but I'm mm-hmm. just gonna get like plumper and shorter, probably. <laughs> I got the the angles that are gonna soften into jowls is what's gonna happen for me, and that's okay. But like, yeah, the well, you know what? Actually, I have one aunt on my mom's side. My great aunt. Uh, I want to call her Dorothy now that we've just been saying that because she has the same sort of carriage. Yeah. As uh, Be- uh, Beatrice Arthur, it is my aunt Joyce. There you go. You found it. Yeah, my Auntie Joyce, she's, like, pushing 90 if she's not already 90, and she looks phenomenal. Mm. However, everybody else is either, like, died pre-70 or just, like, did not look very good right. towards the end. So I'm just like, oof. I'm, Sephora, give me your unguents and your creams and your, yeah. your, yeah. your serums and your... I always thought that I would me. I would be that kind of person that's like, you know, when I was in my 20s, I was like, well, I'm not going to use wrinkle cream. I'm not going to get Botox. I'm not going to get any mm-hmm. stuff done. I'm just going to embrace the aging process. And now that I'm like, I do have wrinkles on my eyes, I would totally, like, I've been using a good cream, a mm-hmm. nice cream. 
I would yeah. fully get some Botox in my forehead. Not, like, a lot, just mm-hmm. a little. Cause... There's a few folks that have been having some, like, body modification surgeries that have just been popping up as, like, almost like a weird little... You know how you have, like, a personal kind mm-hmm. of synchronicities, like, geisty thing where it's like, why is everyone talking about this? It's, like, only the like very a microblading small... or whatever? Mm, yeah. Yeah, so, like, it was on the Jackie and Lori show. Um, no, Karen and Kira can read. It was, like, someone who was, like, a fat woman comic, and she got, like, a major surgery mm. and reconstructed, like, whole face stuff. And then Roxanne Tommy Gay... Tommy Pascatelli? No. Oh. I don't know. Kelly something. I'll look oh. it up. But then Roxanne Gay also got the gastric bypass surgery mm. and, like, wrote about it in a really emotional article. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd like to Because she wrote that. that whole memoir about, yeah. like, her... It's literally called Hunger. Hunger, yeah. Hunger, yeah. And, like, looking at fat phobia mm-hmm. and weight bias and all this. Because I did my thesis on it at SFU, and so I, like, gave her a bunch of my research to use for that. Uh, I was like, please just use like yeah. even all my sources and whatever. Oh yeah, you sent her that stuff. That's I crazy. did. Um, Wait, to so, who? To, to Roxane Gay? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, she was looking for a research assistant on Twitter. That's amazing. And so I like wrote to her. I'm like, this is exactly like my field. So I would happily hmm. do whatever research you need me to remotely. And then eventually we talked back and forth a little bit. And she was like, actually, I don't really have anyone to. Like, I can't really pay you, right. so it's not fair. And I'm like, okay, well, I did this thesis, and it's sitting literally just in the SFU archives, and I've compiled all of these things, so here you go, just take this. Yeah. You know, if you need some summaries or whatever. Yeah. So I'd like to think that it helped, and she used some. I don't know. Did it seem like she did? I don't know. I haven't read the book. Ah. Oh, the book. The yeah. Book. I should read that book. I know, but then, so then she wrote this really, yeah, heartfelt article about, mm. like, maybe it's it was easier for me to change my body than to change society. No shit, man. Right? So, like, that Mm -hmm. was, like, it was kind of, like, oh, my God, what's gonna... Am I gonna reach some kind of a breaking point at some point as well? Who knows? Mm -hmm. It also gets really, like, when I was intensely working on The Box, which was my feminist comedy show, which we just wrapped up after our third season, um, when I was intensely working on it, like, especially season two, up to the election and after, Mm. which, by the way, we did a show on election night, and it was one of the worst saddest things in the universe. Oh my god. Because <laughs> we like took over the theater and had all of these pro Hillary things. We had a fucking balloon drop. The saddest thing in the world without question is a balloon is a balloon drop mod. that doesn't happen. So they're just still hanging we had, in anticipation. We pulled them down like as a collective group of balloons and we're all just like crying and like it was awful. But anyway, so all the god. work leading into that show just I mean you guys know too you're all, you're activists and you're you know people that work in society and work on this shit. We care about human... Insofar as we care about human people, You yes. care about human people and you do, you know, I know both of you are vocal about stuff. We it's like signs from time to time. Right. It's exhausting mm-hmm. to be that on top of it all the time because it is, you're trying to chip away at this huge, massive iceberg and it sometimes feels like impossible. Yeah. And after a while I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. At what point do lot. you say like, this is fucking up my mental health or whatever? Mm-hmm. And I need to disengage, and then you kind of beat yourself up because it's like, I have all this privilege to be able to disengage with this when people are literally fighting and dying for Mm -hmm. so many things, but then you're also just like, this is the only life I fucking have, though, Mm -hmm. so you kind of, I need to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. Ah. Yeah, I I ended up kind of feeling like I needed to just approach it a different way, and that was my, that was my feeling about it, and you know, I feel like in some ways I I definitely still feel guilty and like I failed things in a certain sense, but I think that's the same... Mm -hmm impulse that she's following which I totally understand which is like she has to be like a living monument to these issues and she's already super engaged and talks mm-hmm. to people in her life because that's who she is as a writer and it's like sometimes you just want to break 
like a literal break from the thing mm-hmm. and it's hard you can't you can't take a break from being a woman you can't take a break from being fat you can't take a break from that stuff but if you can find a little opening mm-hmm. to go out of it for a minute I mean yeah. my opening is like just working with women I do all female sets um and that's like a way that I've helped to sort of heal my feelings around everything because it's like just I just try to not I just try to avoid men <laughs> unless I'm fucking them. That's yeah. it. That's what they're for. And yeah. then it's nice if there's a woman there as well. Yes, I appreciate if there's you a can, lady. like high five when he does something stupid. Yeah, yeah. Look at it's each like, other. It's like you think that's eating pussy. Come on. Yeah, yeah, Am yeah. I right, Charlene? Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely. I don't know why your name's Charlene in this. Uh, <laughs> not in New York. I like it. I wish there was more Charlenes. I'd fuck a Charlene. It's just the, the teenage dinosaur from Dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> well, she's probably very much an adult now. <laughs> or dead, because it was dinosaur times, and yeah. she was also a puppet. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, there's fairies in the world, there's, guys. I'm not the weird one that's, here. That's too many layers. Oh, my goodness. It's a um, lot of layers. This woman that I respect very, very much, she's like a social work... Um, Yes, yeah, so she worked with, like, victims of torture and, like, all these different <sighs> things and worked in the opioid crisis. She's very, very much about what is the best use of me, mm-hmm. and that's in any of the work that we do. I think, like, all of us still have the same values, and you're still working towards the same cause, but maybe you realize the position that I'm in right now and the work that I'm doing actually isn't the best use of me. Mm-hmm. I'm not as effective. I'm getting angry, stressed out. Mm-hmm. Everything else in my life is falling apart. I need to find a different way to serve this larger cause. Yeah. And every cause needs, like, a super, like, diversity of tactics, mm-hmm. right? It's like, not everyone can go to marches, but some people can only go to marches. They right. can't write letters. They can't do whatever. Mm-hmm. Some people write impactful things. Some people write humorous things that mm-hmm. make people think about things in a different way. Everyone's got their own skill set to bring to the table, but we're all still doing the work. Right. It's just what the best use of you is. And that made me feel so much better about, like, quitting frontline, mm-hmm. you know, really hardcore support work and stuff like that to be like, I actually have a better skill set working in politics Uh than I did. I was not a very nice person when I was working with clients and I maybe did more harm than good to some people. So this is not the best use of me. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really good way of putting it that I think that sort of floats around some of the ideas, but it can sometimes Mm -hmm. feel extra privilegy to be like, well, the way that I help is I make films. (laughs) It's like, all right, (laughs) heavy eye roll to that, but it's true. Like Mm -hmm. that's, and I feel happy to say, like, through the box and other things, creating jobs for women in the film industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're a job creator now. It's, it's I am. Well, didn't, you said yeah. sort of specifically, like, you wanted a female-only crew mm-hmm. for the stuff that you were doing. And The project that went to Sundance yeah. had a, a fully female crew. Um, and I asked, I asked for that. And they said, oh, we'll see what we could do. And then they hired a production coordinator who I was, like, who had been working at Above Average, which is a very bro-y comedy uh, organization, very nice people. They do mm-hmm. really good work, but it's very heavily male, as many comedy things are. Mm-hmm. And really? uh, yeah, That's shocker. A, turns out, shocker. Wow. Uh, so they decided that they were going to. She she was like, I'm I'm gonna make this happen, and so we did. And now I feel like there's this lovely. I'm tapped into a lovely pre-existing network of women who make shit in New York, which is also hard because it's not a huge production city. Everything happens in LA, so mm-hmm. you sort of have to cling on to people but then a lot of people now who've worked on things are getting lots of work which is great because mm-hmm. there's more stuff happening all the time and now there's more of a focus on in the industry because of everything that's been happening on making sure that women get work so awesome it's been cool to watch some people that I worked with on the box and other things like get jobs 
as everything from a PA to a produ production designer to writer, director, whatever, all of it. So that's good. That was the goal of the show, mm -hmm. which is also why I was like, well, I'm tired. I love this thing, but we're not necessarily doing more than we've ever done. People are getting jobs. They're doing the things that we set out to do, so it's probably time to retire this. Yeah, it's kind of served its purpose a yeah. little bit, and now is everyone fly free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I was paying for everything still, and, oh. and it was very stressful to do yeah. that. So, uh, and I could have tried to get other ways to pay things, but I also realized I've been, f and a stand-up friend of mine, God bless stand-ups in all of their glory. We are like gods. Yes. <laughs> Human gods brought to earth. And nuns and nurses and, and doctors, all in the same thing. We're all basically heroes. I mean, what's great about it is I think on the improv sketch side of things, we get very precious sometimes about our shit, which is why it's easy for you to, guys to make fun of us. Um, it's very, very, so easy. very easy. But what's it's great about stand-ups is you guys are great and terrible about you is you're ruthless with yourself yep. and others. Mm -hmm. So when I was talking to my friend Christian Finnegan, who's a lovely uh, stand-up who I'd worked for in a writer's room, he was my boss, um, and I just directed him in a pilot, which was fun. Cool. Uh, he, I was talking about the box, and he was a fan, and he was like, I was like, I think I'm going to end it. And he's like, yeah, three years is a long time to produce a live show. Oh, and, yeah. And that was the simplest, uh, some, like, the, I was like, but I, and feminism, and nah. And he was like, no, three years is a long time to produce a live show in New York City. And I was like. Yeah, it's super is. Yeah, so was, he kind of gave me permission mm -hmm. to... Uh, a man gave me permission to end my feminist show, and so I did. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Uh, no, he's one of the good ones. Um, <laughs> of which there are, like, two or so three. So he tells you. Oh, yeah, man. Just kidding, he's probably great. No, he's But yeah, but sweet. to have that kind of, like... Just because you don't really know because you were just doing your own thing. Yeah. And... You know, how many other people, like other showrunners, do you really hang out with? Because everyone's so busy fucking running their show. Yeah. So then it's just and like, fucking. when and you fucking, when yeah. you compare Gosh. notes, it's just like, oh yeah, probably. that is actually really long. And so yeah. that's legit. Mm -hmm. You don't feel like you, like, you don't need to overachieve. <laughs> yeah. And also just the, to, to come up on the feeling of having produced shows since I started here. So we're talking like 15, 16 years of mm -hmm. producing live shows, not just in New York, but in Vancouver, which had its own set of challenges oh, yeah. too. Um, and just kind of saying like, you can take that energy and make film projects or do other things now. You don't, you don't have to do that anymore. It was a nice thing to give myself permission to do. Do you produce any stand-up shows here? I did for about two years. Yeah. Uh, I was running a monthly at uh, Big Rock Urban. Mm. Um, it hasn't officially stopped, but I, I just say, like, I'm not just... now referring in the past tense. Well, I'm just, I'm not, me. I'm not actively planning any for the future. I may uh, re regroup with them sometime in like August because mm -hmm. it's just like, it's very hard to get people out during the summer and during the winter. The shoulder yeah. seasons are pretty easy, but we just, we really struggled this year. You almost need, yeah, like quarterly show or our, something Our like day... That. Like, the day of the week we were hosting, it was a Sunday night, and it's in Olympic Village. It's just not a super convenient location. It's not hard to get there, but it just isn't in the middle of anything. Right, so you won't stumble into it. Exactly. Yeah. It's, like, a very industrial area, honestly. There's mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, electrical shops around, so if it was a Friday afternoon, I could probably get a shitload of people in there, but right. that's not a time that people do comedy. Right, yeah. We are limited by the form and the established function of the form. There's, but was it yeah. when Katie Ellen was on this podcast? She said something about like having brunch comedy would be amazing. It'd be great. And yeah, nobody's there's no, doing it. There's no reason that you can't at least like try to pilot like one. Yeah, and yeah. just see how it goes. Or yeah, Friday afternoon like the happy hour show, or mm -hmm. it's like. Friday at four, mm -hmm. and a, yeah. I bet there's a bunch of comics that would love to do that because they could get one set out of the way and then do something later. Totally, and yeah. then people, it's like just come straight after work and have like a little yeah, you know. Yeah. I it's funny. I mean, I think people just get into patterns and mm -hmm. ways of doing things, and they don't 
one. I mean, the, the thing about that is, like, as someone who's produced, when you say that, I'm like, cool idea. And then I think about, like, yes, the, the logistics. 25 logistics that would go into it, as I'm mm-hmm. sure you do, too. Yeah. And then you're like, well, never mind. Uh, just, but it's the same problems mm-hmm. exist in the in the New York scene also. Yeah. Just like, it's, it's weird what works in some places and what works in, in other places. It doesn't work. In, you know mm-hmm. what I'm trying to fucking say I'm just mush mouthing it super bad but like I've never done comedy in in New York uh, because the only time I've been to New York was before I started officially doing stand-up comedy sure. but I'm hoping to come and do it sometime please um, okay since you asked I'll yeah. do it um, but <laughs> no it's like it. I think it's good for people like Katie Allen came and did a couple months and we hung out a little bit yeah I think like, I've seen like a video from that time actually yeah, um, yeah. and she's she's so talented and so mm-hmm. funny but like I've done it in Seattle, I've done it in Portland, I've done it in Edinburgh, and I've done it in London now. Mm-hmm. In London. Oh, Sorry, how was that? It was fucking great. Yeah. I had a great time. Edinburgh was probably the best. Yeah. I just, I don't know, there's something about my sense of humor that appeals to Scottish people. It's pretty much the same without the accent. Scottish and Canadian have some mm-hmm. affinity. There's, there's quite a lot of, like, that whole, like, those fuck asses underneath us. Right, like, totally. My God. Yeah. <laughs> and we're constantly being conflated with them, and it's very irritating yes, to all yes. of us. Yes, so. yes, yeah. So it is really similar. I we play well in New Zealand as well. Oh, yeah, almost certainly. Reasons. Almost certainly. I mean, I love Kiwi humor is, is like, my favorite thing, and Taika Waititi, like, fucking watch it. Oh, my God. Like he's hold it, it hold so it for you. Incredible. He's so hot and he's like he's super oh. talented, super smart, super oh. funny, but like the sexiest little shithead I've ever seen in my life. I had his pictures, his GQ photo shoot on my, uh. my like computer dra- backdrop and I was working at my part time gig was at like a co working space because I could just write all day. Yeah. Uh and this woman who's like so who's there all the time and was very upstanding, like poised lady who did like would sit like this to type. Yep. You guys can't see me, but I'm sitting very straight back. Extreme posture. Extreme posture she typing. Ma- actually Mavis Beacon. Yeah, very, and like, it would lay out everything on her desk in a certain way and whatever. She walked by and was, and like fully stopped and was like, who is that? And I was like, oh, it's, I was, I almost said, that's my boyfriend, but I didn't. Because <laughs> I was like, she's going to find out. I was like, that's Taika Waititi, he's this amazing um, Maori, like, director, writer-director, he's from New Zealand, he's awesome, he, directed the new Thor movies, blah, blah, blah. He has all these great things. She was like, shut up. Why does he look like that? He's so amazing. She just, like, lost her complete cool. He has the most beautiful hair. Oh. It's so thick and so perfectly salt and pepper. It's, like, 30% white. Yeah. Um, 70% black, so it's just like, oh, he's so virile, but he's smart. Yeah. And he's small, so I know he's, like, compact. I can just, like, flip him over my shoulder in his little pineapple onesie yeah. and give him a little spank on the butt. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, we're going to the beach, Taika! <laughs> you're like, yay! <laughs> There's a lot to be said for. I re- I usually in my life have tended to like bigger men because I'm sure. a smaller woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I have daddy issues, so I want them to <laughs> put, throw them over my, their shoulder yeah, and yeah. spank me. Uh, I'm sure some guys are into that somewhere. <laughs> they are. Oh. They are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've tended to like lady, so. the giant. Yeah, I've tend I've tended to like giant men, but mm-hmm. of of late I've had encounters with a couple of shorter men, um, and one young man in particular who used to be was like a teenage wrestler, and Oof. still looks like he is. Mm. <laughs> like he, he, we make fun of him at the theater for being I'm like young. we call him Marty McFly. Like he just looks like a teenage boy, oh. and he's so sweet and he's a very nice, kind, generous lover, but also like <laughs> the same height as me, and I hadn't really experienced that before. But it was like. He's strong and small, but, like, we collided exactly on the same parts. Oh, where I'm used to, like, stuff. having to, like, climb onto somebody. Yeah, yeah. like a belaying harness or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but this was, or like... you just lie down. Like. Yeah, you just... <laughs> Lazy. 
uh, and their yeah, heads up here, you and you're me? like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, having someone the same height. Oh my yeah. god, Taika Waititi, like so fucking hot. Him and uh, Jermaine Clement could also get it uh, because they're both half Maori and ha- or Maori or whatever it's pronounced uh, and half Jewish, and that's just. Whoa, is I that love what it is? Jewish men. I I don't know what it is, and Jewish women too. Just like the God chose correctly is mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> right? like God's chosen people. Mighty fine choice, God. Uh, I agree with that. Great selection. Love that curly dark hair. Love the yeah. love the big noses. Love the. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a stereotype, but it's also like I love strong features on anybody. Me too. Yeah, New York is I like I an mean, interesting that's face. Oh a my great god! Thing about New York, yeah. Oh my god! I mean, just also all kinds of human beings, which yes. is is also true here, I think, to an extent. But Not there's just really. a lot of yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of white people in Canada. I've been noticing at, on my revisit. I, feel, I felt really healthy when I was in New York City, just yeah. Because I'm just like, well, I like there are a lot of very chic people in New mm-hmm. York, but there's also a lot of very blue collar type people there. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like, well, and we all look sick. <laughs> That's a yeah, thing that I'm, like, I'm, I'm built sturdy. I kind of look like I just popped in from Minnesota to mm-hmm. like just get a little bit of culture. Like, oh, I want to get a rush ticket for Hamilton. <laughs> oh, it's not going to happen. Whereas in Canada, you get a rush ticket in Hamilton. Get it? Oh, that's fucking oh, so good. Oh, <laughs> so good. Oh, no. celebrating! Oh, I'm celebrating! <laughs> celebrating my joke. Wow. Celebrating. <laughs> that joke landed closer to my heart than expected. <laughs> That's all I want. Tom Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> what a take. Are we doing this right? <laughs> yeah, you did it right. That's right. <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. When the man comes down the pipe and he was a day. <laughs> and a dad in the garage is listening to the song. And he's drinking old mill and he's making a project. Karen, can't you leave him alone? <laughs> I thought you were going to say he's drinking old milk. And I was like, interesting. I, was, I should have said something like Kokanee or something easier to rhyme. Yeah. So I was yeah, like, Kokanee's old Milwaukee. Easy to rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> Kokanee. Take a knee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, breaking me. Mm, wow. Yeah. Okay, this is why you are a world class songwriter. That's why I am Getty Lee of Rush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did anyone know that Getty Lee's been the co host of this podcast <laughs> the whole time? <laughs> the blacksmith and the artist. <laughs> anyway. That's better. I couldn't find that. Reflected in his podcast. We should uh, take over karaoke again and do that. That was insanely fun that time. That was one of the drunkest times I've been in Mm, recent memory. But it was. We we took over karaoke at this divey bar and there was like no line. You know, normally karaoke you have to spend so long waiting. It's like we were just like, we're singing now. And they're like, okay. (laughs) It's great. And all of the sort of cool dirtbags who were there loved us very Uh much because we were singing like. A ton of Pab Benatar and other like '80s power rock. Mm-hmm. It, was, yeah. it was really good fun. Really liked it. I feel like I get it's weird. It's like um, I get the urge for karaoke like once every six months, and it's like I need it now. <laughs> and and I'm very bad at it, as you just heard. <laughs> I'm a terrible singer, which you've known forever. Uh, I remember when you used to have like lovely parties where everyone would be musicians and jam, and I'd be like, I'm going home. <laughs> Because I'm just like, I'm tired. This isn't for me. Um, when are you going to have a cool joke writing party? Yeah, yeah. Those would, that would be terrible. It would be oh a very God. bad party. I've tried to do that several times with yeah. people, and it's not good. No. 
Just pretend it's a writing meeting, and then it will become a joke party. Mm. Yes. But don't aim for it to be a joke party. And then party. you just end up showing each other videos on YouTube on your phone. Right. Exactly. Yeah. As that's a good party always should go. That's also how it works in a writer's room where you're getting paid to write. That you just show each other YouTube videos. <laughs> hey, you guys remember that thing from Mr. Show? That show we all watched for some reason? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> be cool if we could get some sandwiches with mustard mayonnaise I was just... There. I thought about mustard mayonnaise the other day. <laughs> I think about it at least once a week. Yeah. <laughs> Jay Johnson, if you're listening, I'm always thinking about mustard mayonnaise. <laughs> mustard mayonnaise. It's funny, I watched the post on the plane, and uh, they're... It's great. I love newspaper Isn't movies. Is John Ennis in that movie or something? No, never. I'm sorry. Well, Dave, both David Cross and Bob Odenkirk are in it right. as, as staffers at the Washington Post during the, like... Nixon papers and and it's weird. It's like Bob Odenkirk in a thing separately, David Cross in a thing separately. Fine, They're, but the two of yeah. them being there together, I'm like, I don't believe this is a Spielberg movie. This is a weird Mr. Show that goes on for two hours. <laughs> there is no, I can, cannot suspend my disbelief in the situation. Yeah, it's too much. And there was a lot of those like, you know, it's just it's Spielberg now, so he can have anyone he wants in his movies. Uh, Ready Player the Post, am I right? Right. Yeah. But um, so Carrie Coon is, like, a great actress, and she's one of the staffers of the Post. That's K-U-H-N, right? Uh, no, C-O-O-N. Oh, ooh. Yeah, unfortunate. Um, But she's wonderful. And uh, Tracy Letts plays, like, the council, and they're married in real life and are, like, theater stalwarts, and I saw them in... um, uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf? Which is like the play they met. On that I play. go to the theater. I, I don't actually. I barely. I go for a shameless, terrible, non amount of times considering <laughs> I live in New York City, but it's fucking expensive. Yeah. But I happened to go to that show, and uh, and that was distracting too. So it was like there's this Mister Show thing going on, and then there was like those two are actually married, but they're pretending they don't really know each other. That's weird. <laughs> I'm a filmmaker. I, I always find that so strange, and like. I like the lack of ability to suspend disbelief. Sometimes mm-hmm. I, en- I enjoy the falseness mm-hmm. of it. Like, the fact that it is a construct is sometimes the most enjoyable thing for me. Yeah. Well, especially I'm like, Spielberg. I'm in on the joke. Right. Spielberg is so Spielberg. Really, like, his movies are about movies. They kind of are. I know that's you're being pretentious and weird, but it's true. Oh, yes. Fake okay, that's... This is, yes. Here's the thing. Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> fake pretentious, though, isn't pretension just fake? So what's fake pretension? Whoa. Whoa. No, I'm fully being pretentious, but I'm self-aware of the fact that it's pretentious, so (laughs) I'm undercutting myself by being like, look at how pretentious I'm being. Mm, That's very pretentious, what you just said. It is, but it's also honest. It's true. I'm a strong, honest young man. (laughs) You are. So strapping. (laughs) So strapping. I'm a real strapping strapping young young lad. Yes. And I love that you're just wearing um, like a boot black outfit from uh, Victorian times. Freshen your drink, governor. <laughs> I am wearing a sleeveless shirt with a pizza pentagram yeah, on Yeah, that's it. true. <laughs> that's better than a Victorian boot black outfit. But it's I like true. how I could lie because no one can see you. I look like um, a background character on Daria. <laughs> you do look like and a background like, character It's on like, Daria. oh, the storyboarders who are lesbians are trying to like give themselves some subtle representation in the background. Oh my God, Katie. You, that I should am. be like, that's like, should be in your bio. A yeah. background character. Character on Daria? Yeah, That's basically. phenomenal. I'm pretty much, I've never even watched that show. We did not get the MTV. Oh, well, I don't think I did either, but it was on something else late at night, I feel like, that I watched. Like, Beavis and Butthead and Daria would be on. Was it on much late at night? Yeah, that makes sense. See, I watched a lot of Beavis and Butthead for some reason. Yeah. I am Cornholio. You are Cornholio. I need TP. <laughs> for your bunghole? For my bunghole. Oh my god. Bunghole. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought about that in years. That's yeah. great. Well, so. You know what? I think about it every time someone says the word TP, honestly. Oh. Instead of toilet paper, I'm like, hmm, TP for my bunghole. <laughs> That's what it's for. You're having a lot of conversations about toilet paper. Is everything okay? <laughs> oh, no, my butt's wrecked. 
<laughs> My asshole's a mess. It's just a disaster. <laughs> Who's got a nice one? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, we just, yeah. I don't, I can't really respond to that other than the fact that we do use a lot of toilet paper, but it's because my wife blows her nose constantly and we don't want to buy Kleenex. <laughs> also, two ladies in a house just uses a lot of toilet paper. It's true. We just like, can't stop wiping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just love it. Just love, just like, love to Wiping wipe. is my kink. Is this where you guys wanted this podcast to go? Yes. <laughs> Always. Is that actually your kink? Because that's really boring. It's very boring now. No. <laughs> I like to have my feet beaten with reeds. That's my thing. Ooh. That's not really. I'll probably feel kind of nice. I did actually get a really, really intense foot massage the other day. Mm. It was pretty nuts. Guy who said his name was Charlie. I'm like, that is not your name. Your name is certainly not Charlie. But he beat the fuck out of my feet, and I thanked him for it, Mm. and I gave him some monies. This was not a Craigslist. And my calves. Oh, fun. Yeah, that's an um, underappreciated body part to massage. I think also for those of us who walk a lot, which. Mm -hmm. I assume you guys New do. York City. I do, yes. Mm-hmm. On hard ground. Mm-hmm. My ankles are totally fucked up now. Mm. You need to get yourself out into the forest. <clears throat> I know. And some I, uh, part. It's been too long. When I went, <laughs> when I did go to Just New York. Green baby. <clears throat> with my, <laughs> with my mother, I still had a Fitbit, and I think we walked like over 10 miles a day when oh, we yeah. were there. Yeah, easily. Not I always forget, to. I forget, because it's just part of my life now. Um, and it's good because I don't exercise otherwise. Like people really do eat like shit there, but it's harder to gain weight in New York than certainly than it is in LA. People have to eat like kale smoothies there because they're in a, in car, a car all the time forever. Mm-hmm. But in New York, you can have like three gross slices of pizza because you've walked it off by the time you get to your 18th mm-hmm. story walk up. Wow, drink LA? seven glasses of wine mm-hmm. and eat chips. That's, and that's how why I you have to be live. so obsessively health conscious in LA because you don't ever move by like incidentally. Wow, smart. L- LA and New York sound like really different. <laughs> You know, it's just like burn. Some of them, some Classic. for some people, just like, um, and some people are Peoria people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> LA people them. walk like this. Whereas New York people are like, like get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I would like to go back to a busier city. Um, that is what I like about New York. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it, it like, going. and but it keeps moving. Whereas like in Vancouver, like I'm trying to fucking walk, and people are I'm trying to fucking walk in here. Yeah, and uh, people are just like slow. They like step out in front of you and just kind of stop and just like trundle mm-hmm. and like get out of my way. Like London too, you can just like you merge into yeah. the sea and you just keep moving with everybody. I yeah. fucking love it. I mm-hmm. love that feeling too. Of, you know, not all the time. And I live mm-hmm. in a nice sort of quieter part of Brooklyn, so that I can just go like ah. But uh, I do like that feeling of when you get up out of the subway and you're, everybody's just kind of, like, taking off together. Manhattan, mm-hmm. make it happen. It's right? It's like a, really like a murmuration mm-hmm. swallows. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh. See, you got it. You got that big word. I bet somebody's already written a short film called New York Murmuration, and it's got, like, a piano soundtrack to I'm it. I'm sure. Yeah. And, just, and the camera pans up, and it's Alicia Keys, because she's the only one who's allowed to play piano songs about New York. <laughs> get out. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is my house, my rules. <laughs> Not anymore. No, oh no, she's actually leaving. <laughs> Bye. Oh good, she's finally I'm gone. Back. Oh no, she's back. <laughs> I came back. Good foley. Thanks. It's mm-hmm. just the real thing. There's nothing like the real thing, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, what else should we talk about? I think we're <laughs> going to take a little break. We're in a, a super hot, sweaty room. You have yeah. to leave to go do some more exciting things. I do. Katie has to leave because it's her. Speaking of uh, very exciting, good things. relationship stuff, you're having a five-year wedding anniversary today. Katie, yes. congratulations. It was actually on Thor's Day, the Lord's Day. <laughs> <laughs> our, our Lord and Savior, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, so. yeah. 
Uh, yeah, five years married. It'll be ten years together in November. So my goodness, mm-hmm. yeah, congratulations. Keep it, tight. keep it real tight. A lot of kegels. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I just I like my wife. You know, we have had lots of troubles and things in our lives, but you know, counseling and also caring a lot about each other. That's just all being it is, like, man. We are devoted to this partnership. Even if you drive me crazy sometimes. Like, sometimes it's just your roommate bothers you. It's not your partner. It's right. your roommate is bugging mm-hmm. you. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you're being a roommate right now. Leave me the fuck alone. Mm. I love you. Go away. <laughs> That's good. And being able to say that and mm-hmm. also be like, oh, I'm really happy you're back because she was down in Arizona for, like, the whole week. And then she came back yesterday. And it's so nice to see her. <laughs> I was just so excited to go to the airport and pick her up. Even though I had to drop, drop her off at, like, 630 in the morning on mm. Monday. Mm. That's rough. Yes, but that's love. That is love. It's also just like, yeah, that's the uh, the action of love, not the, not the, it's the verb, not the noun, right? I was going to say, love is a verb. Love is a verb. Mm-hmm. Love is getting up at ungodly hours to drive people places. It's true. Love is driving Katie to the, uh, to the ferry terminal because she doesn't want to take trips. I did that for you, of course. Yes, you did. You super did. That's why I was making a point of it. Yeah. Mm. We had a we had a little date on this week as well, spontaneous oh, date. Oh boy, did we have a nice little time. We found a place on Commercial Drive near my uh, place of occupation that has bottles of wine for half off on Ooh. Wednesdays. So we definitely and the the fucking thing, the waitress was just like, oh well, we were like, oh we'll just get the one bottle and we'll split and then we'll each get a glass mm. for an extra. And she's like, you know. It's basically the same price if you just get another bottle and you're allowed to take it home with you because it has a screw top. And I'm like, what? This changes everything. Holy wow. shit. So I just put the rest of the wine in my purse and then I took it to the duck pond and watched like some bird drama happen. It was wow. lovely. BC yeah. has changed. I feel yeah. like that would have not flown. Yeah, BC's got a cool before. mom now. <laughs> BC's got a cool stepmom who I moved love in. It. She's I letting love us it. do whatever we want. That's fabulous. Congratulations. Okay. Thanks, Charlene. <laughs> there she is again. <laughs> yeah, I watched uh, some crazy bird drama happen. There's like new ducklings in the duck pond mm. and an eagle that's moved in has like they were just trying to swoop down and like steal the ducklings. Oh no. But it was kind of funny. We were watching it and it's like this one tree that's like the skyscraper of the duck pond, now an eagle is building a nest there, and it would like mm. fly down to the pond, and you would just hear, crack! And it would like tear a branch off a tree and like carry this huge fucking tree branch back up to the top of its tree. Wild. And that's we're cool. just like, I was like, oh my god, it's like eagle gentrification. Like it's <laughs> building in the high rise tower over there. It's like blocking the fucking view, terrorizing the children. Oh my <laughs> god. That's very good. But so I had never seen an eagle that up close. It came right down into mm. where we were all sitting They're and big, fishing hey? for trout. They're, They're so insane. big. Yeah. Huge. They look prehistoric when you see them up yes. close. They're very beautiful. I, I love, love raptors them. of all kinds. I love just them. So cool. But then, okay, so like the duck pond has this like total drama that always happens because all the different groups have their different <laughs> mm-hmm. role. And so, so they're duck racists. They're not racist. I'm telling you how they all work together. Oh, okay, sure. It's a beautiful harmony. And you can actually hear that they're speaking like a language that they mm-hmm. all kind of understand in a common way. Because as soon as the eagle came down, you hear like an alert call. Mm. And then the mama duck was just like, rah, 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 like rounded up all the little babies and put it, put them <laughs> into like the tall duck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rounded up Huey, Dewey, and Louie and mm-hmm. put them in the tall grasses. Yeah. But then these Canada geese came out. There was like 10 Canada geese came out and surrounded the log that the all eagle the was enforcers. sitting on. They were totally like a gang. Mm. And then the eagle like got up and like swooshed down on them and they hissed like I've never, like you know how they hiss mm-hmm. when, they, when you come near them? And it was just like 
swoosh ass. And I was like, oh my god, it looks like Canada versus America, right? Yeah, that's totally true. <laughs> that is really fun. Which Amazing. Is, which is hissing at you, inconsequentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then once the eagle was kind of gone, the crows then chased the eagle away. Oh, wow. And it's like this whole, like, it's a ballet of nature. Circle of life. But then then you hear like another little sound that's like the all clear signal because then all what's that? It's a hummingbird here to really fuck shit up. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just like going down the food chain to the most intelligent, and then now it's a bumblebee is taking over. (laughs) Just the smallest of birds. But you know, then we caught we caught some fucking trout and then pan fried them. It was like a really good day. Really good day. Wow. Wow. How was your week? (laughs) It was at the end of this whole... It was good. I was a little too drunk to do that storytelling show that I did on Wednesday, but my story was fine. Uh, And then I had a glass of wine right after, and then I fell into a dish cart. (laughs) Not into it, just like against it. And it clattered, and I was just like, get a hold of yourself, Katie. It's Wednesday. Mm. And then I went home. So it was pretty good, all told. Cool. I just like, uh... I can't drink that much on a Wednesday. Yeah. But I like it. What storytelling show was it again? It was uh, Stories... I think it's, I believe it's called Story Story Drive, or it's just called Weekly Stories on the Drive, and it's hosted by Joe Dvorak, who also hosts Pascal. Story Story Lie, a real stellar lady. Um, yeah, it was just a nice little spot. I got to kind of just tell, like, four jokes around a story, so, because that's, you can just trick people like that and be yeah. like, oh, I wrote something totally new. They don't fucking know. They don't know. They're just plebs. Who gives a shit what they think? Just civilians. I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We respect people. <laughs> I don't. I had a, I, I bid comedy twice this week. Um, had a lot of time to myself. Made some nice food. Hung out with my with my pets. Cool. Um, didn't write anything. Didn't do anything super productive. It was Sounds fine. Sounds awesome. It was great. Yeah, I had the nice laziest Thursday. Got both pictures of my bones taken. It was pretty sick. Fun. My bones look good. Yeah. Yeah. Can I have it? My bones? The picture. If I take pictures of the pictures, then yeah. For Sweet. Sure. Are you collecting like inside pictures of your yeah. friends? Do you have Chris's MRIs? No. Can I have your MRI? <laughs> it's a video. You can't... You can, you can take still pictures of an MRI, but you won't get the whole brain. Mm. And I went to a research study. Cool. As like a control group for schizophrenia. And they took a whole MRI of my brain, and I was like, can I please have pictures? And they're like, oh, well, actually, like, you know, you can't take still photos. So they gave me a video, and so you can look at it, and it, like, morphs. Cool. And it's all inside of my brain, and I couldn't see it well enough, and I just wanted them to tell me that I had the thing that musicians' brains have, where your corpus callosum is thicker than most people's, Uh because the sides of your brain interact way more as a musician, because you're the emotional plus the technical together. Mm -hmm. Cool. So I'm like... Do I got that thick corpus callosum or not? And they couldn't tell me. <laughs> it's like, is it T H I C C? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure most of me is, and so I would imagine that my corpus callosum is also. <laughs> Maybe I feel your like corpus callosum is so thick. I want to wrap my legs around it. It's thicker, <laughs> thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. I don't know. Some guy said that while he was being arrested. What? To the arresting officer he said, "Girl, you're thicker than a bowl of oatmeal." I was like, "That's bold." Wow. And the That's officer was a woman. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Where was this? Baltimore. He was hoping for a Sir Psycho Sexy situation. (laughs) Yes, that is the second time that's come up in like two episodes. I've been been thinking about that a lot. You know, he gets stopped by a lady cop in his Mm -hmm. automobile and she said, get out and spread your legs, try to cover feel, et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera. We all know how the story goes. Yes. Classic boy meets girl. Classic. Wouldn't it be so funny if you had sex with Anthony Kiedis and then he had like a super small ding dong? And you're like, what the hell? He's like, yeah, here's the thing. I have really big balls. That's how I kept the sock on. (laughs) 
was like, oh yeah, now that I can see it, those are huge balls. <laughs> and like, have you scripted this out? Yes, now I balls, can see. Uh, you have huge balls. Balls, sugar baby, sex magic. <laughs> he does not have a small dick. You take it back. <laughs> so I just mad. said, what if? I'm, this is like the Twilight Zone. I'm trying to create a space here. I can't even imagine it. It can't be true. It's impossible. I only like big-dicked men. No, take it back. <laughs> Nobody cares. It's fine. Does your dick work? Great. Does it not? Cool. Ooh. Are you still good at other stuff? Hard disagree. Okay. I need a big... <laughs> I need a big dick. You hear that? Canada? It's gotta be a big one. Yeah. I'm just like, as long as he's not pulling a uh, pulling a DJ Khaled and saying he doesn't go downtown. Then. I mean, yeah. There's gotta be a combo of other things going on, but... I mean, that guy's... Done. That guy's done now. <laughs> He's done. You got it. You got to eat it these days. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta eat the ass too. Did Everybody, s- get on board. Hmm. Mm. Oh, I, oh, that hasn't gotten here yet. It's coming. No, no, it's already here. We're it's also just like, in we're long-term like relationships. Oh, uh, right. So you don't. There's have like to do youths. It. We've talked to youths who are like really into eating the booty, like groceries. I would totally fucking let somebody. I just don't have anyone that's gonna do that. Right I don't want. I could probably ask. You guys want me to eat your asses when we're done here? <laughs> I mean, I got time. <laughs>